A family member of mine used to tell me that they only believed in ghosts of Ireland because it's the only place on earth that could compare to heaven and no spirit would wish to leave it. Samantha Rogers, author and friend of the show. Welcome to Two Creepy Bees, a podcast where two sisters obsessed with the macabre talk spirits, urban legends, aliens, and the occult. Essentially, anything that tingles your spines and bumps your gooses. I'm Bailey. And I'm Bethany. And we're your two creepy co-hosts. Welcome back, friends, to Two Creepy Bees. I kind of stole your <laughs> My clips. Maori partners. <laughs> I told Bailey before the show started that I really wanted to say Maori. She just, like, kind of facepalmed. Yeah, it's kind of her thing right now. Just just let her have it. Google Maori if you don't know what I'm talking about. It's a really great meme. No one even knows how to spell Maori. Maori. So it's like M-E-O-W-D-Y. Maori. Just do it. Do yourselves a favor and look it up. Anyway, how are things with you? <laughs> Not too bad. <laughs> uh, we're recording the day before the 4th of July, so I'm kind of ex- like yeah. excited to have the day off and Me too. spend some time outside. Yeah, it's it's Wednesday now as we record, and I know when this comes out, it'll be a couple days after the 4th of July, but I feel discombobulated because it feels like a Friday, even though I have to go back to work on Friday. But yeah, we're going to go... <laughs> rude but yeah we're gonna go hiking tomorrow gonna eat some bomb food you yep. know so how are things with you beth it's good i i'm hot a lot but it is summer in tucson but i'm fine i didn't sleep very well last night so i'm a little like Bleh. oh sleep paralysis no not <laughs> sleep paralysis listen up y'all i awoke in the middle of the night, it was literally like two in the morning, I felt something crawling into my ear, like my ear hole. And so I obviously freaked out. I slapped it away and then it subsequently fell into my sports bra where the creature bit me on my chest. And then I whacked it away yet again, turned on the light and saw a little spider scurrying off the bed. Little, and that thing was huge. It, it, I zoomed in the photo oh. for like for our viewers for effect. at home inches centimeters like how many how big was it? um it's probably about an inch our viewers okay our for our viewers our <laughs> listeners okay i lied it's probably i'm being dramatic it was about half an inch but it, <laughs> <laughs> it looks so much bigger because i zoomed it in i sent bailey a picture of it. i told her the story she so she knew about this but and i like sh- like zoomed in on its fangs these fangs were freaking huge and it bit me so rude and so i spent like the next 30 minutes looking at poisonous not poisonous, venomous spiders of Tucson to make sure it wasn't venomous. It is not. I'm still alive. Hooray. <laughs> I feel like that's the real nightmare. Spiders crawling into ears. Yeah. Like, it was just... And I had such a hard time falling back to sleep because, like, I felt like every... Oh, I would, yeah. I would have to wrap my blanket around my head so well, that... <laughs> well, every two seconds, I felt like something was on me. I was like, oh, this matters, this matters. And even Tyler started to like, oh, I thought something was crawling on me. We're like, okay, we have to stop. <laughs> it's time for sleep now. <laughs> oh, dear God. Well, at least it wasn't sleep paralysis. That's true. Yeah. You could have seen a thousand spiders. Or one giant spider. Like Aragog. Like Aragog. Oh. But he was kind of good. To Hagrid. Yeah. But I'm not haggard. Never mind. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway. So yeah, we 
I'm rambling. Just wanted to let you know about that spider incident. I love arthropods. It's horrifying, yeah. Yeah, yeah it I was. would say so. I love arthropods, but like spiders, I don't know why. They just, they get to me. Oh, but. I think I've mentioned this before, how much spiders bug me in the Island of Dolls episode. I can't help it. Well, Island of Dolls, yeah. Ew. Just being like spiders, that's one place you don't want to go. Yeah, avoid that. <laughs> anyway, what are we talking about today, Bailey? <laughs> well, as you probably uh, could tell from our quote, we are talking about um, a very special place in Ireland. Yeah. Also, I just want to thank Samantha for lending me her quote. Um, Samantha is one of my best friends. Um, she is, has a really close connection with Ireland. Um, her family's from Ireland. Mm-hmm. Um, so I feel like it's not true at all, but like, I'm like, I am <laughs> like a smidgen connected with Ireland. <laughs> I have this deep connection with Ireland I from a, my friend. From my, my, my best friend. <laughs> yeah. It was a really awesome quote. Thanks, Samantha. We're talking about, um... A castle, a special castle in Ireland. Yes. We are talking about the dark, the mysterious, the horrifying. Oh. (laughs) (laughs) It's all the things, honestly. Lep Castle. Yes. Pronounced Lep, spelled like leap. Mm -hmm. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, not only is Ireland beautiful, but it's also notoriously haunted. Yeah, I mean, it's got ancient roots mm-hmm. lots of old old like i'm talking old buildings mm-hmm. so why wouldn't there be ghosts of any place i think they'd be in ireland yeah. and england they just seem very spooky mm-hmm. yeah mm-hmm. <laughs> the majesty of ireland truly lives up to its reputation you know, people who have been to the emerald isle can attest to its lush and green beauty and the magic folklore and history that hangs in the air Ireland's history is deep and dark like most ancient places. Mystery lives in archaic buildings and age-old cities, as well as the seemingly endless rolling hills in the countryside. This same mystery has seeped out from Ireland and into the rest of the world, influencing and inspiring other folklore. But if you want to dive into Ireland's magical and mysterious past, there's few spots better than the place we're discussing today. No other castle has reportedly seen as much bloodshed and treachery. The infamous Lep Castle. Its tragic and long history, along with its mystical beginnings, some believe have created an otherworldly atmosphere. Some also believe that this castle's past is so dark and so bloodstained that something else was created. Something so horrible, so gruesome, that it can only be referred to as it. Ooh, yeah, and we're going to learn all about that. But first, we're going to dive into some of that uh, colorful history yeah. of Lep Castle. Um, so Lep is located in Coolderry, County Offaly, Ireland, and Lep Castle is widely and notoriously regarded as the country's most haunted destination, and understandably so. Um, being that Lep's history is filled with bloodshed and tragedy, it only adds to its sinister reputation. Though the exact date when Lep was erected is disputed, it is estimated to have been built sometime between the 12th and 15th century. It's 
over the ruins of a previous castle. The location was said to be originally occupied by the Druids as a site for ceremonies and ritual. The Druids were members of a high-ranking class in ancient Celtic cultures. So uh, ancient Celtic cultures include uh, Welsh, Irish, and Gaelic cultures. Um, So the Druids are often only thought of as religious leaders, but they were also authorities in many matters such as law, lore-keeping, medicine, and politics. Druids may be most notoriously known, however, for their participation in human sacrifice. Many Greek and Roman writers documented um, human sacrifices committed by the Druids in order to earn favor with Celtic gods. So Druids would commit commit human sacrifice, they would perform human sacrifices in order to curry favor with their gods. And the reason that um, that Greeks and Romans had written accounts of this, but not Druids, is because the Druids actually didn't have a writing system. I didn't know of this. A form of sacrifice in which the Druids were known for is by way of the Wicker Man. Mm, some of you may have some seen... Some Nick Cage action. Any, any Nick Cage fans out there? <laughs> uh, that like The actual Wicker Man's pretty accurate. That's like how they did it, but I mean... Anyway, I'll get to it. Yeah. So, the Wicker Man was a large wooden man-shaped effigy in which victims of sacrifice were placed within to be burned alive. So, not a pleasant way to go. And I couldn't find if, like, if the people that were sacrificed were, like, if it was voluntary. Like, if they had well, volunteered. Yeah, but I don't. Nick Cage definitely did, was not. Did not volunteer for that. <laughs> yeah, because, like, I. A couple documentaries we watched like made it seem like some of them volunteered, but then other others kind of made it seem like they were like taken, like lives were shut, cut short. So mm-hmm. I don't, I couldn't really find much about that. Um, well, I know a lot of cultures that like practice sacrifice, mm-hmm. people were willing to do it. Yeah, because it was considered like a great honor. So it's possible, but it's, just, it's don't... all about who's writing it, you know, yeah, and, like yeah. who's writing the history. Very true. Greeks and Romans in this case. Uh, well. <laughs> so, don't quote me. I don't know if people were volunteers or not. We'll, we'll write back. Anyway, <laughs> um, so the castle was originally named Lame Obanon, which translates to Leap of the Obanons or Obanons Leap. It was named for the Obanon clan who founded it. The Obanons were a very wealthy family from County Tipperary. Um, legend has it that the two O'Bannon brothers were constantly arguing over who would inherit their father's riches and the castle. So to settle the matter, they decided to have a little contest. Each of the brothers would jump off of a gigantic rocky outcrop located at the future site of the castle because it had not yet been built. And the one who survived would have control over the fortress once it was built and over the clan. (laughs) While the name of the winner of this insane competition has been lost to time, it most likely explains the original name of the castle. Wow. That's just... That's one way to do it. But, like, what if neither of them survived and their family name just, like, dies with them? (laughs) They're probably... They probably had, like, a... A younger brother or mm-hmm. sister, and they're like, "Yeah, that's a great idea. You both yeah, should you just do that. jump off just a cliff." Do it. Yeah, <laughs> they were like, 
Like these idiots. Anyway. <laughs> Survival of the fittest. Yep. <laughs> I didn't want to say it, but. Uh, so, however, the O'Bannon reign over Lep Castle was a relatively brief one. The O'Bannons were subservient to the O'Carroll clan who were known for their ruthlessness that was fueled by greed and a hunger for power. The O'Carrolls seized Lep, therefore setting off a legacy of carnage that would haunt the castle (laughs) for the remainder of its days. When the leader of the clan, Mulrooney O'Carroll, died in 1532 and named no successor, his sons, Thaddeus and Teague, feuded over who would rule the clan. Thaddeus was a well-respected priest who held mass weekly in the castle's chapel. One morning, Thaddeus prepared to start mass, but his brother Teague hadn't arrived yet. Thaddeus waited and waited, but decided he needed to start without his brother. During the midst of his sermon, Teague entered the chapel, and despite being late, he was enraged that his brother started the sermon before he had a chance to arrive. Teague rushed at his brother Thaddeus, screaming about how insulting it was for him to start mass without him, and he drove his sword into the back of his brother. Um, Thaddeus screamed, fell on the altar, and he bled to death in front of his family. From that point on, the chapel was then forever known as the Bloody Chapel. People really know how to name things. Yeah, but also, like, that dude needs to calm down. That is not a reason to kill someone. Um, this is off topic, but I like the name Teague. I do like, I hope I'm, I, again, I heard two pronunciations, Tig or Teague. I like both. I like both. I stuck with Teague. Oh, that's all right with everyone. I apologize if we have any Celtic listeners, Irish listeners. But yeah, I went with Teague. The O'Carroll's reign over Lep Castle is notoriously violent, but one of the most wicked acts to take place involved yet another betrayal. The McMahons were a clan who served the O'Carrolls loyally. One evening, the McMahons were invited over for a feast in celebration of their victory over a rival clan of the O'Carrolls. The McMahons ate and drank, enjoying the evening, but soon they began to fall ill while the O'Carrolls watched on. Instead of repaying the debt owed to the McMahons for winning a battle on their behalf, the O'Carrolls opted to poison the unsuspecting men. Like, what the? They just fought, literally fought your battle for you. Men probably died, and on, <laughs> like, they sacrificed their own men just yep, to... just to die in the Well, end. how'd they get any help from anyone after that? You know I know, what I like, mean? no like, one could trust them. Like, oh, uh, well, you kind of murdered the last people who yeah. helped you, so You kind of murdered no the people... Thanks. You kind of murdered the people that built this castle, then you murdered the people that helped you protect and defend this castle. It's like fucking Game of Thrones. I know, man. that's literally one article was like, this might sound like something off the latest season of Game of Thrones. They were talking about, like, season six, by the way. But anyway, it doesn't oh. matter. Because <laughs> um, that's when it was written. Uh, but yeah, and I think the only thing is maybe like people just feared them so much or, you know, money. Yeah. You money. know, you know, but is like, money worth your life? I don't know. I don't think so. <laughs> <laughs> what would we know? What money? <laughs> I don't have money, though. <laughs> so, 
In the 1900s, a gruesome discovery was made behind the walls in the bloody chapel. An oubliette, which is essentially just a secret dungeon, was found that consisted of an eight-foot drop to a cold stone floor that was littered with large wooden spikes. Human skeletons were found piled upon the wooden spikes. There were so many, in fact, that it took workers three cartloads to remove them all. It is believed that the O'Carrolls would drop prisoners or unsuspecting guests through the trapdoor to be impaled on the spikes. However, if the vic- victims were unlucky enough to survive the fall, they were met with a slow death due to dehydration and starvation while they could hear um, people like celebrating in the room above and the smells of food, so it was just pure torture. During the 1600s, the O'Carroll's terror-filled rule over Lep came to a, no surprise, forceful end. It is rumored that the daughter of the reigning chieftain fell in love with an English prisoner uh, being held in the dungeons, a man named Captain Darby. I don't know why I say it like that. Uh, The O'Carroll daughter would supposedly sneak food and water to Darby. The pair then concocted a plan to elope, and late one night, she snuck down to the dungeons and fed Darby. Oh, freed Darby. Oops. (laughs) She may have fed him, too. (laughs) Okay. Should I just leave it? Whatever. So, she freed Darby. I mean, she also fed him, but she freed him, too. Okay. (laughs) Not long after they started their escape, they ran into the girl's brother on the stairwell. The two men then began a sword fight. Uh, Darby emerged victorious. Due to the death of the O'Carroll son, the daughter became heiress to the castle. I'm honestly surprised about that. Well, I mean, that it, yo, just, it just transferred to. I know, um, considering it was like a violent death that she, I mean, she didn't do it, but like she had a part in it. I know, I was a little surprised about that too. But once they were married, the Darbys took over Lep and started their own family and began investing in expansions and renovations of the castle. Captain Darby was known to be a bit erratic and was nicknamed the Wild Captain. He <laughs> oh god. <laughs> he had amassed treasures in battles and he apparently hid them in secret places all throughout the property. Darby was later put in prison yet again for treason in Dublin but was later allowed to return to Lep. The legend states that years of imprisonment imprisonment drove Captain Darby close to the edge of insanity and was thus unable to recall where he had hidden his riches. Supposedly, the fortune still remains on the grounds of Lep to this very day. Mm -hmm. One of Captain Darby's ancestors and one of the castle's residents, Mildred Darby, was a gothic novelist and avid spiritualist who often would partake in seances within the castle. She frequently reported feeling and seeing things throughout the castle. But in 1922, Ireland was deep within a rebellion to gain independence from England. Lep Castle, being run by an English family, the Darbys, was a target for upheaval. So the family abandoned it. Shortly after the Darby's exodus, the once impermeable fortress was bombed and ransacked by the Irish Republican Army. 
who apparently, after looting the place, hung peacocks from meat hooks along oh, the tower. But why? I don't know. Are like, peacocks like, like uh, is it English thing? Like, yeah, I don't. Maybe it was like a a Darby sigil. Did they have sigils back then? I don't know. Like you know, like a a symbol, like a family crest. Do you know what I'm talking about? Yeah, people still have that. I mean, like, old, rich families, but... Well, I mean, they seem relatively old and rich. I don't know. Well, they are. Yeah, they're old and rich. <laughs> but you know what I I read was that when they burned, when the Darbys fled, mm-hmm. because that's when Mildred mm-hmm. was living was there. Was living there, yeah. Um, like, tons of her, her books, writings and yeah. books, uh-huh. like, Just unpublished destroyed. stuff was destroyed. Yeah, yeah. The castle was... I, I don't think I emphasize this enough. It was, like, ruined. Like Yeah, it's a a hollow yeah, gun shell. Yeah, it, it caught on fire from the bombs, and it was just, it was destroyed. But, yeah, the Mildred Darby, um, yeah, all these unpublished works. Like, dang. I guess they had plans to return, but yeah, so much for that. Um, So a close friend of the Darbys actually lived in Lep for a short time. I don't really know how. Like, maybe he was trying to, like, work on it or he, like, stayed in some part of the castle that was... So this was after? Yeah, that was after. I'm assuming after the rebellion ended, maybe he was just, like, kind of watching over it for them. Maybe on, like, a guest house on the property or he was staying in a part that wasn't completely destroyed. But he couldn't stay for too long because he got... He got gangrene so bad that it just, like, completely ravaged his body. So he was, (gasps) yeah. So he was, like, forced to leave. Yeah. And from that point on until 1974, the castle remained dormant and it was just left to decay. That is, until an Australian historian, Peter Bartlett, purchased the ancient building with an intention to restore it to its former glory. Bartlett was actually an ancestor of the O'Bannons, the founders of Lep. Oof, that's mean. <laughs> I don't know if that's I'm proud of, honestly. Ouch. Um, and then, uh, so Bartlett worked tirelessly for 15 years um, on restoring the house, you know, working really hard to to make it shiny again. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, but his efforts came to an abrupt end when he passed away suddenly in 1989. After that, musician Sean Ryan and his wife Anne purchased the castle in 1991 and resumed the restoration process. The castle is still owned by the Ryans today, and though they don't allow overnight visitors, they apparently welcome intrigued tourists who want to experience the castle for themselves. So they let um, like local hotels and stuff host tours through their castle, so they just open their doors up to people like... I mean, I'm sure they charge, but I didn't look into it. <laughs> so Sean Ryan uh, has even been known to, on occasion, welcome guests into his home and give them a private tour of Lep himself. And he might even treat you to a private flute concert, if you ask nicely. Nicely. I saw a video of him playing the flute for some guests. Oh, is he rocking out? <laughs> yeah. That's cool. Yeah. I mean, as much as you can rock out on the flute, too. You know what? Lizzo. Yeah, Lizzo. Flute. Rocks out on the flute. That's, you know what I'm talking about? Reinventing the flute. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, that is the intense history of Lep. Violent, bloody, ancient. It's kind of got it all. Romance. A little bit, yeah. Betrayal. There's like a smidge of romance in there. It's just a tiny bit. I mean, the Sean Ryan and his wife. 
Yeah, there you yeah, go. Yeah, yeah. Mildred Darby and her husband. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> There's got to be some love there. <laughs> True. So now that we've talked about the history of Lep, we are going to get into the spooky stuff. The ghostesses. As you've learned, Lep Castle has quite the long and dark history. From the Druids to the Irish War of Independence, Lep has seen an immense amount of death, treachery, and heartbreak. Like the result of a cannon blast, these events echo through the skeleton of the old castle. The first spirit or apparition we're going to discuss is the Red Lady. The Red Lady is a spirit first reported during the time that author Mildred Darby and her husband resided in the castle. The Red Lady is depicted as a tall woman clothed in a red dress. She has been seen carrying a dagger in her hand, sometimes raising said dagger in a reportedly intimidating manner. A strange light has also been seen glowing within her. People encountering the spirit have commented on an immense cold filling the room and an icy chill spreading into their hearts. I don't like that. (laughs) It was thought that the woman whose spirit is reported was captured by an O'Carroll and following her capture was raped. She gave birth as a result, but her newborn was then killed by the O'Carroll. Apparently, the excuse being was that they could not afford to feed the child. Which, <sighs> that's such bullshit. Mm-hmm. They owned a castle. They were wealthy as hell. They just murdered a bunch of people and took their money. Anyway. <laughs> Devastated, the poor woman then killed herself with the same blade that ended her child's life. Mildred Darby, uh, the same Mildred Darby we've been discussing, reported an encounter with the Red Lady that would change her outlook on the spirit world. After midnight one evening, Mildred was awakened with the feeling of a presence in the room. She was struck by an intense cold feeling that crept into her heart. She glanced across the room to find a tall figure standing. Thinking at first it was a member of her household staff, she uttered, What is it? but did not receive a reply. She was astonished to find that as her eyes adjusted, she found the figure was dressed in all red and holding its right hand in the air menacingly. She was also struck by a light that seemed to be emanating from the figure. The red-cladded woman... Oh my god, it's not a woman. The red-cladded person began to approach her in bed. And as it did, Mildred said that the light grew brighter and brighter. And as the light grew, Mildred could see the figure was clearly a tall woman, dressed in all red. Most terrifyingly... The woman was carrying some sort of weapon, perhaps a dagger or knife, in her right hand. After Mildred asked again, what is it, followed by, who is it, with no reply, Mildred struck a match to light her candle. But once her room was fully illuminated, there was no one in the room. It's said that this event is what jump-started Mildred's interest in spiritualism and subsequent occult practices. Instead of running for the hills, Mildred dove headfirst into the spiritualism craze. But, it said, that in her fervor, she may have awoke or summoned something. Something unlike anything else in the castle. Something monstrous. Ooh. I think it's interesting that, like, she saw the dagger as the figure's walking towards and she was like, 
what is it? <laughs> I'd be like, oh my. I, I probably, re- I should have read it in a more concerned tone. Well, I think no, I, but- I think I portrayed it as it being more casual. Well, but even if you're like, what is it? Like. Do you I mean like what do you want kind of thing? Like I'd be like, oh, it's pretty clear what they want if they're coming at you with a dagger. <laughs> what is it? Who is it? <laughs> with Lubcastle's history, it is really no wonder that it's considered to be Ireland's most haunted castle. But there is a spirit at Lep that is entirely different from the rest. Something horrible, foul, and honestly pretty ghastly. Something that cannot even be given a name because no one is quite sure what the entity is. This thing is unaffectionately referred to as it. Mm. It is also called the elemental. Without a doubt, the elemental is certainly one of the most interesting hauntings at Lep. It's a spirit that's shrouded in mystery. The first sighting, origin, and exact nature of the elemental aren't aren't exactly known, but there are many theories that have circulated over the years. The best description and account of someone coming in contact with the elemental comes from, again, Mildred Darby. Hmm. Mildred was up late one night writing when she heard something bump into her door. She got up, walked towards the door, and opened it. She was surprised to see nothing and no one there. But to her disgust, Upon opening the door, she found the hallway full of a strong, sickly, sweet odor. An odor that resembled decaying flesh. She closed the door and started towards her desk when she heard the bumping again. This time with an accompanying sound coming from the bottom of the door like someone or something was sniffing. Mildred, convinced that someone had broken in, grabbed a pistol and quickly opened the door again. I'll let Mildred describe exactly what she saw. Oh, God. A gray thing was standing a couple feet from me, with its arms bent as if it was cursing me. I cannot describe in words how utterly awful the thing was, its very undefinableness rendering the horrible shadow more gruesome. Human in shape, a little shorter than I am, I could make out the shape of big black holes like great eyes and sharp features, but the whole figurehead, face, hands, and all was gray unclean, Mm. bluish gray, something of the color and appearance of common wool. But oh, so sinister, repulsive, and devilish. My friends who are clever about occult things say it is what they call an elemental. The thing was about the size of a sheep, thin, gaunt and shadowing parts its face was human or to be more accurate inhuman Mm. and its vileness with large holes of blackness for eyes loose slobbery lips and a thick saliva dripping jaw sloping back suddenly into its neck nose it had none only spreading cancerous cavities the whole face being a uniform gray This, too, was the color of the dark, coarse hair covering its head, neck, and body. Its forearms were thickly coated in the same hair. So its paws, large, loose, and hand-shaped, and it sat on its hind legs. One hand or paw was raised, and a claw-like finger was extended, ready to scratch the paint. 
its lusterless eyes, which seemed half decomposed and looked incredibly foul, stared into mine, and the horrible smell which had before offended my nostrils, only a hundred times intensified, came up to my face, filling me with a deadly nausea. I noticed the lower half of the creature was indefinite and seemed semi-transparent at least. I could see the framework of the door that led into the gallery through its body. Apparently, Mildred attempted to fire two shots at the thing. The first shot was at point-blank range, but somehow she missed. The second, Mildred drew even closer, but again, instead of hitting the creature, the bullet hit furniture that was behind the dreadful entity. It's not assuredly known what exactly it is. Mildred Darby mentioned in her description of the thing as an elemental. So what is an elemental? There are four groups of nature spirits, known in esoteric traditions as elementals. They tend the forces of nature in four elements, air, earth, water, and fire. There is also said to be an artificial elemental which is created by human thought or magical practice. According to the Pacific Paranormal Investigations, or PPI, the literature on elemental hauntings is predominantly from anthropological sources, occult lodge literature, and folklore. Hmm. Occult lodge literature is interesting because it contains, admittedly anecdotal, experiences of magicians' interaction with elementals. Hmm. Most elemental hauntings take place in an isolated, mountainous, desert, or forest setting. It is rare for elementals to haunt within a city setting. The exception to this is if a person or group performs magical rituals, which directly invoke elementals. Hmm. Buildings used for religious purposes could also possibly be elementally haunted. All types of elementals can cause mental imbalance in sensitive people. Is it possible that it is an artificial elemental? This is how PPI describes an artificial elemental. According to Tibetan Theosophical and Kabbalistic occult literature, there is one more classification of the elemental haunting, the artificial elemental. Alexandria David Neal first used the word tulpa to describe an artificial elemental she created using an ancient Tibetan meditation technique. The same being in Kabbalistic literature is called a golem. This is a thought form created by a human and has taken a life of its own. Unconscious thought form creation occurs when a human mentally obsesses on an idea, object, or person. Conscious thought form creation is a deliberate act of magic. A magician creates an entity for a specific purpose, infusing it through mental visualization with energy from his or her own vitality. So, could Lep's very dark and brutal past created this entity? Could all of the tragedy, bloodshed, and loss have culminated to bring this horrible creature into existence? It's unlikely we'll ever know for sure, but it sure is a creepy thought. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, because it was saying like, oh, religious sites could be, uh, could produce an elemental. It's like, well, the druids were there. And then, I mean, one could say like Mildred Darby kind of obsessed over the occult and stuff. So maybe, mm -hmm. yeah, just like. Well, there was a 
chapel on the site where yeah, a they, priest exactly. a priest died. There was a lot of murdered them. by his own brother. <laughs> Nonetheless, this guy. <laughs> <laughs> There's a lot of elements <laughs> that <laughs> in this that could make an elemental like yeah. that. Um, this artificial, the artificial elemental. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that sounds accurate. There are even more theories as to how exactly it came to be or what it even is. As mentioned before, the exact time of its first appearance is not certain, but there have been vague ver- mentions of a troublesome spirit at Lep Castle since very early times. Ooh. One early belief is that the elemental was put there by druids long before the castle was built to protect the sacred site used for druid magic. Another theory is that the elemental was placed there by an opposing force to burn the castle from the inside. The person responsible is thought to be Gerald Fitzgerald, Earl of Kindare. Oh. I was like, what a name. Fitzgerald. (laughs) He was a renowned magic practitioner who had tried to take over the castle on multiple occasions. Local myth says that the elemental is the spirit of an ancient O'Carroll who died in the castle from leprosy. This is said to be the reasoning for the decomposing facial features and appalling stench that accompanies the presence of the spirit. Mm. As mentioned previously, Mildred Darby was said to have immersed herself in the occult. She focused on seances and automatic writing. Some think that it was her dabbling that either awoke or summoned the elemental. It was around this time of the horrific discovery in the oubliette Three cartloads of bones, approximately 150 bodies. <sighs> this huge release of emotional energy linked to the spirits in the oubliette upon the discovery may have been enough to wake up the dormant spirit. It was shortly after this that Mildred Darby would have her terrifying encounter with the elemental. Whatever the entity is, it only seems to make its presence known when the people begin to provoke it. The current owners, the Ryans, have lived at Lep since 1991 and haven't ever felt its sinister presence. Mildred Darby was supposedly and unknowingly evoking the elemental by her occult practices. Other visitors who have suffered the elemental's fury have also been looking for it while attempting to study the entity. Mm. No thanks. Yeah, I'm good. I don't want to see something with slobbery lips coming at me. Yeah. like <laughs> Is that what they said? Slobbery? Yeah. Or loose? I can't loose, remember. Slobbery Ooh. lips. Uh, <laughs> I don't like that. So the next uh, portion we're going to talk about is uh, the bloody chapel. Because you know that shit's on it. Right. Exactly. Big surprise. <laughs> <laughs> there are many spirits said to haunt the old chapel on the sites of the ruins of Lep Castle. Ever since Teague O'Carroll killed his brother and priest Thaddeus O'Carroll during Mass one tragic day, the chapel carried the nickname of the Bloody Chapel. The act of brother selfishly killing brother and putting ambition and power over family and loyalty feels so egregious that it leaves a deep impression. Some say this powerful event forever darkened the energy of Lep Castle. So is it really any surprise that the O'Carroll priest has been seen on many occasions in the Bloody Chapel? This spirit has also been seen lurking on the stairway below and leaving the chapel via the western door and down the northern stairs. People passing the castle at night have reported bright light coming from the upper windows. 
This event has been reported since the Darbys resided there. Hmm. When the castle was left a shell after the 1922 fire, this event was also reported by passersby. Even now, neighbors have called the current owners and informed them of the lights. One of the most sinister places in the chapel and the castle is the oubliette. The oubliette was originally used for storage and even as a hideout during sieges. But at some point, the O'Carrolls modified it to suit a more disturbing purpose. The door is fashioned to be a trap door that led to a straight drop to large spikes sticking out of the floor below. Oubliette loosely translates as to forget in Mm. French. This is morbidly on the nose. Reportedly, the oubliette was no longer used once the Darbys took control of Lep in the 1600s. But found amongst the bodies in the oubliette was a pocket watch that was dated back to the 1840s. Was the oubliette used far longer than reported? Current owners, the Ryans, have also said that they witnessed a specter around the oubliette. Oh, Oh, I mean, like, I've talked about this, Bailey. I was like, maybe someone just dropped their pocket watch down. Maybe they <laughs> wanted to just, see how deep it was. <laughs> Bailey was a like, sweet, mm. sweet thing. Like, oh, maybe someone just dropped their pocket maybe watch down Maybe it was an there. accident. Maybe it fell on the floor and they kicked it and it fell down the oobly. <laughs> Bailey's like, nah. Well, well, they Bethany were murdering goes, peeps. Bethany goes, well, maybe they dropped her pocket watch down to see how far it was. <laughs> like, well, <laughs> actually thinking about it now. Maybe rich people just drop things down. <laughs> I mean, yeah. And Bailey essentially said to me, he was like, why would you throw, why wouldn't you just like throw a rock? Like, why would you throw a pocket watch? I'm like, oh, good point. Well, maybe. We're... Maybe they just had so much money. They were like, this means nothing to me. This Rolex. Nothing, oh. right? Wait, did Rolex what? make pocket watches? I don't know anything about Rolex. Let us know, listeners. <laughs> I don't know either. Oh. Phew. Woo. Lep Castle, man. I really liked this one because of all the history so intertwined. Like, I mean, we've covered a decent amount of places alleged to be haunted. Mm -hmm. Um, And, you know, they were built in, like, the 1920s and, like, nothing extreme happened there, which doesn't mean it's not haunted by any means. But I'm just saying, like, this, to me, makes so much sense. Just so much time has passed. So many souls have passed through those doors, like, Mm -hmm. literally. So... If any place would be haunted, it'd be Lep. I want to go to Ireland, not just to go to Ireland, but, uh, like, to see spooky castles. Oh, I mean, Ireland is, it really is, it's, it's magical. Yeah. I mean, not only do you have the beautiful landscape, but Mm -hmm. you also have that, like, that rich, deep history that Mm -hmm. I think, I, I feel like only Ireland can provide yeah i agree one day goals yeah to go to ireland yeah. we're welsh we have celtic oh. roots kind of right i don't know <laughs> like i said I, I i like to pretend i have a a connection with ireland. we do it doesn't matter. you don't need a connection like, kiss to me ireland. my best friend's irish <laughs> <laughs> uh, whatever you don't need a connection to ireland to visit ireland yeah <laughs> yeah I, I really like this one. We switched it up. I did the history of this time, obviously, and Bay did the, the spooky stuff, and it was cool. How'd you like doing the spooky search? Oh, it was fun. Mm-hmm. You know, like my goose. Yeah. This, I Obst. mean, Lep Castle's just like, I wish it wasn't like a skeleton. I mean, 
a skeleton because I oh, wish yeah, it was yeah. still, you know. Well, it's it's getting there. Brought to its original, yeah, yeah, yeah grandeur. Yeah. But mm-hmm. I think that, um, I mean, the his it's so dark mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. deep and just brutal. Yeah, in the castle, its appearance itself is very domineering. Like it's just looks. I just um. I really like, I mean, it's creepy, but I like the idea of the elemental mm-hmm. being there because there was so, so much, much tragedy, mm-hmm. so much death yeah. and horrible, you know, like energy, energy yeah, yeah, that, that it just, it just mm-hmm. like, it created yeah. this nasty thing. Uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh. I like the theory like, that the druids put it there to protect the sacred land. Mm-hmm. Like, that is because I just like, I literally just watched that Netflix movie, The Golem, and it kind of like, it, it, it oh, felt very it similar. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Would you recommend it to I our did. Listeners? I was like, uh, I, mm, no. <laughs> and, like, I really wanted to like it because like, I thought it was really interesting. I've heard of like golems and stuff before. But like, it's, it's a an interesting concept. It's a really interesting concept. I really want it to be good. Alas. You know, you watch it, you might like it. Anyway. Yeah. To but, like, similar. Own. Like the golem is a creature created to protect people, essentially. Mm-hmm. Like that's what the the, mo- the movie kind of um, uh, flaunted it as, portrayed it as. And so, yeah, I liked the idea of a druid. Like even after we're gone, we're still here. Mm-hmm. kind of thing so mm-hmm. i like that theory well thank you guys for listening as always uh you know we appreciate it mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. uh check out our website for more creepy content we'll have some pictures of lep castle um references mm-hmm. we got a lot of good ones further learning yeah um there are there are more ghosts at lep castle yeah I mean, there are over 10 respo- reported spirits in the castle, we just, you know, we don't have time to cover each and every one, yeah, but yeah. we definitely recommend um, looking into that. I'll have resources and links for you guys to do that on the website. But yeah, there's but, also a good. Do you know the network's name that made the Castle Ghosts of Ireland? I don't, but um, I. Yeah, there's a <laughs> a really fun. I like like <laughs> haunted history esque mm-hmm. uh, little show called the Castle Ghost of Ireland. Uh-huh. They also have like Wales and Scotland. Very specific. Yeah, it's very nice. Castle ghosts. Um, and that's available on YouTube. Yeah, you can. Um, but but I'll have a I'm link let- on the on the website. Sweet. So yeah. thank you guys again for listening, and we will. Uh, you'll hear from us in two weeks. Yeah, true. Hope you all have a happy and safe fourth. Keep it creepy. Keep it creepy. Please, if you enjoyed this podcast in all things creepy, you can find us on your favorite listening forum, where, if you want to support us, you can like, review, and subscribe to help get the word out about our show. We're also on Instagram, Facebook, and Pinterest under 2CreepyBees. You can drop us an email at 2CreepyBees at gmail.com. And finally, check out our website at www.2CreepyBees.com. And remember, keep it creepy. Creepy.